Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. So today we're talking with Brendan from Husky. Brendan, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the company and what you do in finance? Yeah, hi, Brendan Shanks. I've been in finance for sort of 25 years and the CEO of Husky. Husky is an auto-enrollment platform or workplace pensions platform that helps companies choose, set up and run their pensions. And where we're trying to develop into is trying to help the individuals, the mass market, understand much more about where their workplace pension savings are going and how saving into those can make a big difference to their long-term wealth. If you could explain your actual job in finance in 10 words or less, how would you describe it? It's difficult. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's two. (laughs) You've only got eight left. So I guess as the CEO, I look after my team, I raise money from investors and I sell our product. What about when you meet somebody at a party for the first time? What's the the kind of angle? Do you you talk about, do you mention pensions and watch them fall asleep or do you kind of try and avoid (laughs) the P word? I I usually (laughs) say I'm I'm a reformed banker and I've left banking to, you know, be a better guy and I now run a software business. Ah. (laughs) Um, I do want to pick your brains a little on auto-enrolment just because I think a lot of people go to work and they say, this is your benefits package and they start a new job and this is your salary and we pay 5% into a pension and it's through auto-enrolment but I think a lot of people don't actually know what it is they're paying into and and what that means Um, so if you could just jag and free (laughs) talk a little bit about what auto-enrolment is yeah, auto-enrolment was legislation brought in by the government to force people to save, in essence. But really, I think large companies have been paying into pensions for a long time and, and have you know very good pensions in the UK. It was the sort of 80% plus of SMEs that didn't have anything that really got brought into this for the first time. We've been doing quite a bit of research for our app where we're going into helping the individual understand. And it is actually extraordinary, the lack of understanding. Like, oh, I didn't realise my employer puts... Any Anything in. So I think people who may have opted out don't necessarily realise or have had it explained. But that said, opt out levels are a lot lower than anyone ever expected. So they're around 10 or 12%, and the government was anticipating kind of 30%. So it's been very successful on that front. And I think having very low contributions initially, people just did it. They didn't miss it from their pay packet. We moved to 8% total contribution as a minimum in April of last year. And again, expectation was, oh, this is going to affect my pay packet, so I'll opt out. And again, opt-out rates were very, very low. So I think it proves quite clearly that these forced savings regimes work because it's not like people don't want to save and don't want to have money in the future. They just obviously have a need today for that money. And until someone actually sits down and explains or, as you say, maybe does a podcast and explains or has a very simple video to explain that there's a legally enforceable pay rise and these are things, this is a benefit to you, a massive benefit, and this pot is building. And now over time, that pot will become important and it will then start to maybe get more of your concentration. But things like maximising those benefits your employer is giving you. Some A lot of employers do more than minimums. You know, they, they encourage you to take things like salary exchange and where you can actually have more in your net pay and more savings every month. It, it's hard to get your head around initially. And so we're trying to put a, an app and a calculator together so you can easily understand that 
actually I can save some money this month and I actually end up with more pain in my net pay. It's that, it is understanding, isn't it? It's almost like saving the terminology of a salary exchange just sounds, you know, what, what what am I giving up for it? We were talking about gamification, about apps, about, you know, using technology, about ways of just making it understandable to people. And if there is a, a simple calculator that says, I do this rather than this, and you can just see it in pounds and pence what the difference is. What you said as well about just the automation. So we were saying, you know, you've got the apps where they round up the pennies. You know, if you buy something for seven ninety it'll put a penny away. And there's just something about that and when it's happening and you don't miss it, Joe's got this philosophy around how money isn't really real. It kind of comes into your bank account and then you can dish it out to your pension or your savings account and, you know, you rarely see it. Yeah, um, it doesn't really exist. Exactly. <laughs> Spent all that money on the new £20 note and it doesn't exist. <laughs> but it's that, it's almost, once you strip it away and people have just got what's left, if the savings done automatically for them, then that's fine, they'll kind of get on. But if not and you get 100% of your money in and then you have to have the discipline to go and put some in your ISA or your pension or whatever, then that's where it, it falls down because they say that they need that money there and then for something else is always something that seems more urgent. Yeah, I was always shocked on a couple of levels, I think, that actually finance is at its very heart, very basic, and the products are extremely basic, and they become complicated because of language. and Because I always struggle with investors to explain what we did and how we did it because people go, oh, you're a pension company? You know, we're, we help the employer, but how do you make money? How does it work? Talk about basis points. I mean, I said that to one investor, and he basically kicked me out of the room because he didn't <laughs> know what a basis point was. And he sort of said, what are you talking to me in language I don't understand? We're, I don't... Of, we were chatting Latin earlier, weren't we? Just yeah. Why did just, just all of this. It's, it's a bit like... A lot of people don't understand or can't equate a percentage immediately. So as soon as you mention the percentage, they're lost. Throw in basis points, just forget about it. So for me, it's much more about trying to be pounds and pence and basic, simple premises. But interestingly, sorry, did you say that you that was a conversation with an investor as well? So this isn't, you oh, know, yeah. this is somebody who's presumably savvy, switched on, educated. Exactly. In a very, this, and even then, it's, it's off-putting as a, a language. Oh, the jargon. A yeah. very savvy, high net worth investor yeah. who just didn't want to talk in jargon. We've been playing around with calculators and how can we show this easily so you can really just go, actually, boss, can I have this? <laughs> and I think people switch off as soon as there's a, like, oh, this is going to cost me money. And, you know, they've changed salary sacrifice into salary exchange because people think, oh, I'm sacrificing something. Whereas I think saying something as simple as your net pay will go up, your savings will go up. I think people still see pension contributions going out as an expense yeah. rather than, exactly, it's free money. Actually, it's it's almost the rebrand needed on pensions, isn't it? Of you know, phrase that you used was going to your boss and saying, can I have this? people would traditionally think, OK, I have to spend that money on a pension, but you're not. It's, it's still your money. And actually, you're just getting a whole load extra added on by your boss, by the tax. and Yeah, being better paid and save more is just, I think, I don't know it's anyone who wouldn't take that it? deal. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's sort of... What we're trying to do is get you to, to realise that saving £100 into a pension pot is probably £48 of a contribution by you and 52 from both your employer and the tax. Yeah, exactly, this is yeah. the best deal Who doesn't want the free money? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now, you're, when your net pay goes down by 48 I think that's what people focus on. Yeah, absolutely. So on a personal level, we were talking a little bit about pleasure now versus pleasure later. Um, are you a good saver? Were you a good saver as a child? No, I'm a shocking saver. <laughs> um, and Same. Hence 
I think, why Husky's trying to help because I'm just someone who wasn't saving. And I think back to this point about this paycheck where if we can circumvent pay from going straight to your bank account because it just gets spent in the bank account, you know, whether it can go to smarter savings products or nudging you into better decisions. So for me, as a rubbish saver, I felt the tools to do that, I needed that. I think for me, I left banking to kind of hopefully change the position that the mass market faced because there I was supposedly a you know well-educated finance professional and really had knew very little about my own personal finances, savings, pension, no clue. And I saw auto enrollment as this opportunity to try and help the mass market as opposed to people who are generally rich and... Do you think that's the answer then, this kind of forced saving? Or do you think if we rebranded it or if we educated people more on the benefits of saving now for your future, that would be enough of an incentive for people to want to save as opposed to being forced to save? I think there will be those people, but I think they're a small percentage. The, the, the good savers, if you like. I mean, they are people who are good at this and they do it every month. They do it religiously and they're wealthy and they do it for a long period of time. So they get the benefits. But that is small. I, I, whether, I don't know if the percentage, but if that's 10 percent, 15 percent of the population, I'd be surprised if it's that much. So I think we have to be innovative about how we help this 80 percent bracket to save better. And I think smarter ways to do that needs to be assisted by government, you know, provided they're done in controlled ways. I mean, the worst thing I think we can do is have high interest bearing loan products. They cost the mass market so much money. And it's it's a bit like where, again, I think the finance world is very unfair on the mass market, where the sort of worse your credit score is, the higher the cost. The very people who need lower cost products get penalised with the highest cost. It's natural because the risk is higher for, and it's like I get from a finance perspective. And it's a ruthless world as well. Yeah, of course. I'm not going to lend you money if you're not going to repay it to me or, you know, that that concept. But if it can be controlled via paycheck in a, in a much smarter way, then I think there are innovative solutions. Whether that will drive the other 80%, I don't know. I think probably not. Um, But I think the key by having, say, auto-enrollment or enforced legislation is that this just becomes automatic for you. Your first job, you started it, you saved. And then I think what we're seeing now is this move towards ethical or responsible investment. There's obviously a much bigger drive towards that in the sort of millennial or younger generation than was ever in my older generation where I, you know, it was much more returns orientated. Whereas, you know, whether you're going to invest in fossil fuels in your pension pot is now becoming a big deal. I believe some big sort of celebrity names are starting to get involved in a campaign to drive that message, what's in your pension pot. So I think things like that, that can be innovative and, and drive awareness for the individual. And then this very traditional concept that your employer chooses for you, your retirement plan is, is, is kind of for the birds. You might last in that employer five years or two years or 10 years, and you're somewhere else for another 30 or 40 or 50 years. Like, it, it doesn't really stack up. And, and for me, I think we should go to an open architecture world where you get to choose the plans that are the things you want whether that's cost, return, ethical, say, responsible investment schemes, whatever it is, or, or, you know, all of those things, you should have that option. And I think technology will bring that to the individual. Thank you. Um. Thanks, man. That was brilliant, honestly. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that was really, really good. Thank you.